Welcome to the Coach Paul Show. Welcome back to the Coach Paul Show. So one of the aims of this show is to attract high achievers, people who will share inspirational stories, powerful insights, and to help empower you to be the best athlete, parent, student, coach, and even person that you can be. I have no doubt that today's guest will do just that. I'm very excited for today. This is someone I've been pestering a bit to get on the show and to crack the code on what makes his middle school cross-country team great strides, the envy of the state year after year. He sets the bar so high and gives our runners on the Junior Cougars a lot of competition to chase after. His team competes at the club level, which is arguably the most competitive level of racing competition. His squad has won the state championship the last three years in a row on the boys' side, and the girls have two wins and a second place in the past three years. Unbelievable. So I'm very curious and excited to find out what fuels the coaching mind of Greg Patterson. Greg, Coach Greg, welcome to the Coach Paul Show. Let's get into it. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. Before we get into your amazing team, I want to get into knowing you. So you're originally from South Africa, and you grew up there, came to the States around 2000 or so. Just tell us a little bit about growing up in South Africa, and is that where your love of running started? Like, what compelled you to become a runner? Well, those are great questions. Um, so I grew up in South Africa. My main sport was actually soccer. So I played soccer at a decent level and even through the military. Um, and my running started as a bet against one of my brothers. He had just run a marathon and he was hobbling around the next day. I was laughing at him. So he said, you couldn't do that. So he entered me into a marathon. It did not go well. Um, so I thought I'd start training and that's where my love started. I just started running more and more and that took me into marathons and eventually ultra marathons. So I've been running for a long time now. Some people are couch to 5K, you're the couch to marathon. Is that kind of the first competitive race that you ever did? It is. If you don't count school, I'd, I ran track at school, um, but we only ran the 800. We didn't even have the 1600 in South Africa, so that was the extent of my distance was a half a mile. Talk just a little bit about the 800 runner, Coach Greg. Um, what were your times like? What was your love or hatred of running like when you were being that competitive, you know, in your early years? Well, remember when I was running the 800, I knew nothing about running. So now that I've learned how to run an 800 and I coach my kids to run an 800, uh, they're going under the two minutes. I was a 202 guy, so I never really made the grade. I wasn't a fast 800 guy, um, hence me running distance. I can relate to that. So you came from, or you have a running family. All four of your kids ran throughout high school, and a few of them went on to run collegiately. That's incredible. So were you ever their coach in the school years, and can you kind of talk about that dynamic of coaching your own kids, the joys and the challenges that come with that? Well, obviously, seeing your kids doing really well while they're under your care is... Well, it's a bonus, but when they go off to high school, I firmly believe, I still believe that uh, you're passing them on to the high school coach and that you do not have the right to, to interfere with what the coach wants them to do. Sure, you can go and tell them that maybe they should be running different paces, but they're definitely doing the workout that the coach tells them at school. So what were some of the colleges that your kids went on to run for? My daughter is uh, still, she's finishing up this year at UNG, University of North Georgia. Um, her twin brother, 
he ran at, Mar at Mercer. He graduated last year. He graduated early. And then my oldest son, he ran at Georgia College and State okay. in Milledgeville. And I hear just uh, very casual, very humble, but from what I've heard, they're outstanding runners, so I'm sure that has a lot to do with you. I believe I looked on your website, and it looked like your initial creation was something called Gotta Run Kids, and it just started as a group of runners from your church. So how did you get the idea to start a running club through your church, and then eventually how does Great Stride spawn? Actually, you're right with Gotta Run Kids being the first, but Gotta Run Kids really started off as Redeemer Runners. We were at Redeemer Church uh, just down the road from us, and they had property and that I thought looked like it was a great place to run so I went and asked them if we could run there we started our program there um, but because they didn't really want outside programs on the church property I had to change the name and move after a couple of years and that was that's where Gotta Run Kids was born and now we run and we partner with uh, Forsyth County Parks and Rec and we run to some of their parks. Okay, got it. So from that how does you have maybe, what, 40 kids or so at the beginning, which is a big number for a new group. You've been doing that for how long, and then how does Great Strides come out of that? Well, yeah, I think you asked me that question before, and I never answered it. So, yeah, when we started off with Gotta Run Kids, we, there were obviously some faster kids, and the parents were seeing the potential, and they were saying, well, what can we do? You know, what else is there? Where can we race? And there wasn't anything. So that's where we started with USATF, uh, running in age groups, um, and then we started running in the middle school meets. As more and more high schoolers, high schools added the middle school meets, uh, we started attending those. So what would a gotta run kids runner have to do in order to elevate themselves to great stride status? Have a good attitude. You know, although we do say we, we like to see girls running around about an 830 mile and boys running around about an eight minute mile, it's not something that's set in stone now if someone comes with a great attitude and we can see the potential we will certainly let them come and run with great strides but let me also clarify why there's many races we go to where we see kids running in a two mile race running around about 30 minutes and that really is holding up the next race so we're trying to be cognizant of the fact that there's another race and sometimes in midday heat and we need to get through the races faster that's understandable. So now I respect you so much. Let's get into your secret sauce a little bit. I know maybe you can't give the whole recipe, but your website is overflowing with positive testimonials from athletes and parents. So what are some things that are uniquely you that you've done to create such a positive and winning culture for great strides? Wow, I think that's the, the, the secret sauce that everybody can, can go to is if your kids are happy and they're having fun, they're going to run well. So we start with the families. The families buy in. Um, we don't have any intense parents or kids on our team. Um, some parents that do want m more intenseness, if that's a word, um, they, they seek it elsewhere. So we just have fun and you just find winning comes along with that. That's amazing. Since you do compete at such a high level and you have kids who are amazing runners, you're saying... They don't have to have that intensity or that, you know, ferociousness. They can just do it by buying into the team culture, you know, running with you guys, running with the team, and they succeed from there? Yeah. In fact, sometimes uh, you'll find we're, we're slowing the kids down. We're saying, come on, slow down. What are you doing? You know, you're supposed to be recovering today. So if they do the right stuff, it's not always intense. Recovery means recovery. 
you know, push hard means push hard, but that's going to be a small amount of the time. We just have to do the right things at the right times. Do you prescribe to some of this? I know Matt Fitzgerald wrote books about 80-20, where 80% of your training is at like a lower volume. And then the 20, when you hit the 20, you got to train hard. Is that about your ratio of, you know, recovery, easy runs to hard runs? Actually, I I saw something one day. Um, it was from a lady who was an Olympian, and she, she explained running as three-thirds. She said one-third of the time it's supposed to be easy. So when you finish your, your run, you say, ah, oh, that was good. Uh, one third of the time was like, whoo, man, that, you know, that was, that was kind of tough. And the other third is like, oh, I hope I never have to do that again. So it's, it's more than that 80-20 rule. Okay. I like that. That's a little insight there. That's pretty good. So you've had some incredibly elite runners over the years, as I've talked about. So how many of these kids started in your program at Gotta Run Kids, kind of like the farm system, for lack of a better term, and kind of you've built them from the ground up versus you kind of have this reputation and you just see a lot of good ones gravitate towards you? Well, that is a great question. We've had some families with us for uh, seven or eight years. You know, we've been going for 12 years now. So their kids have come right through the program from being in elementary school uh, right through eighth grade. Um, And I also have a policy which says to the kids, because we are in Forsyth County, that if they're at a school that has a team, that that I, I don't want them to think they need to come and run for great strides, running with their friends, at their school is fine by me um, but they may not compete for both so if someone has run for one of the schools then I I want them to stay at that school and and finish up the years there. So I know that you have some running certifications to your name is there any certification that you would recommend to an aspiring running coach listening or maybe even a running parent that wants to help be a better asset to their team? Well before you even look at the book I, I suggest the one thing is look at the program Know your coaches and trust your coaches. Because remember, your coaches are doing what they need to do to get ahead. Um, Yeah, I've done my USATF level one. uh, But outside of that, I think on a daily basis, we're always trying to learn. I've done my sports sciences uh, just so that I get to understand the body more. I like to learn from, I like to look at the Jack Daniels book. That is, I think, every coach's must have. Um, And for parents to understand that might not be that easy. So I say, again, just go to your coaches. That kind of segues into a question. As we were at the um, meet just a couple weekends ago at Pickens, Coach Cinco and I ran past your team tent and we saw all the parents with their, you know, they've got like some inspirational quotes on the back of their shirts. And it seems like you have this incredible parent buy-in. So running a club of your size, you probably need the parents and your assistant coaches. Talk about how important that group, those groups have been for you. Very, very important because we are a small club. Um, you know, we have under 40 runners. So if we don't have the buy-in and the kids arriving at every meet, uh, that would affect the team. So the parents have bought in to the extent that they buy the T-shirt. And that's all we get is just a T-shirt, right? But they arrive at every meet. We have snacks for everyone. Um, they're always looking out for everyone else's kids. We only encourage, we never try and push our kid ahead of another kid on the team. It's just a wonderful family environment. And that's what makes it successful. I really get that feeling. That's amazing. These kids that are maybe new to running, running can be a little monotonous at first. So how do you keep things fresh and fun when you have runners of all abilities? We do different things and everybody is actually treated individually. So from the great strides perspective, uh, we know the paces of the, or the training paces of all the kids and what they should be running, who they should be running with and who they shouldn't be running with. 
And then when it comes down to filters just out of great strides to go to run kids, those aspiring kids that want to run for great strides, uh, we slow them down more than we speed them up. Because if the passion and the love for the sport is not there, when it becomes monotonous, it's not something they're going to carry on doing. So I want them to come up slowly. And I always try and remind them that uh, they're in middle school and that no coach ever at a college level looks at what you did in middle school. They're really looking at your high school. Keeping the engine fresh for your high school years is very important. That's good. So we were talking a little bit before the podcast about how if you had, let's say, your top seven different runners, they're all elite, but they're still at different levels. How do you kind of approach the training with each one? Do you like make them all do the same amount of miles each week or what? Absolutely not. Now, we might have the top runner. He might be the oldest runner. Remember, we're eighth grade. We've got sixth graders. We've even got a couple fifth graders in there. So we can't have a fifth grader and an eighth grader doing the same amount of miles, number one. And number two, what if our top runner is not having a really good day? So it comes down to just looking at them on the day, calling them, talking to them, finding out how they're feeling, and just adjusting things as you go. That's very necessary. Now, since you yourself are and were a runner, do you run with the kids at practice a lot of times? Well, as you know, I'm getting up there in the years now. So, But yeah, I run with uh, the Gotta Run Kids kids. And when we go to the Great Strides practices, then I'll run somewhere near sort of the back where I know I can still handle that pace. But um, I, I'm certainly slowing down the amount of miles that I do. So I will, I will not push. Yeah, I noticed you had an assistant coach on there who's like 40 and still runs like a 16-something 5K, so you've got plenty of speed on your team if you need it. So, okay, if you have a new runner who joined your team, maybe got to run kids or great strides, they're young, their arms are flailing, they're overstriding, heel striking, their form is raw, what's something that you typically start with a runner like that on like helping fix their form and giving them some better habits? That's a great question. And our program at Gotta Run Kids, we do a little bit of theory each week. So we would talk about what to do with arms. We talk about breathing and breathing techniques and even breathing rhythms for those that understand it. You know, cadence, what that is. We talk a lot about hydration, nutrition. So all the things that are needed to know, we start trying to get it into their heads when they're young and just starting off so that when they progress and get onto high school, they know exactly what to do. Yeah, that's so smart. I looked at your Gotta Run Kids Instagram page the other day, and I saw the kids like with a straw trying to keep a ping pong ball. And one kid was able to do it for like 30 seconds. But just little things like that where you kind of gamify it, but you're teaching them the good habits with the breathing techniques. So important. I love that. What are some ways that you personally go above and beyond in caring for your athletes as individuals? Because that's what all the testimonials seem to say about you. Well, thanks for that. I believe that you have to listen to the kids. When they put their hand up and they have a question, it's for a reason. So don't just fob it off and answer it as if it's just a little, hey, whatever, just don't bother me type thing. All the kids need personal one-on-one time. And when I say that, I mean talking to them directly, whether it be on the phone or if their parents are texting, then you call back and have a word rather with the kid than just send something back over text. So it's communicating and being open to to anybody anytime that communication piece and caring and making them feel important is so important that's great so right now it seems like great strides is pretty much firing on all cylinders with the culture you have your top end success parent support 
but I'm sure everything was not all rainbows and sunshine for you and club creation. Talk about a challenge you faced or multiple challenges, something that in creating the club or maybe even a more recent challenge and how you overcame that. I think the main challenge for me is parents and we have a great great group of parents but over the years and we're talking 12 years and I can only talk about two or three occasions where we've actually had a bad influence on the team where we've had to part ways so that for me has been the hardest part of my whole journey Um, but with the kids the kids seem to buy in really really quickly The, the toughest challenges with them is to slow them down which is what we try and do more often than not because they just want to push 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 but and maybe going back to track track doesn't treat distance coaches or or clubs really well they might run the 3000 in the morning at a track meet and then the 1500 is the last race in the afternoon so it's an all-day event and so we pretty much stopped doing track because of that yeah a little bit before we got on the air here we were talking about Strava and how that's affected the kids mentality and they might see the top end high school runners running 60 70 miles a week in the summer has that been a challenge trying to kind of rein them in and uh, say hey this isn't maybe necessarily the best thing for you absolutely Uh, but I've been lucky that I've been around for a while so what I do at the beginning of each summer is I put a chart out there Uh, I separate the kids into groups and I give that group a specific mileage that they are supposed to do for the week. Uh, Also explaining that if they're away on vacation and they miss a day, it's behind them. They don't have to make it up. Not have to they're not allowed to make it up even if they have two rest days in a row. uh, That's the what the schedule lays out. So I give them the mileage and it's individual. That's great. So let's switch gears just a little bit here. You mentioned to me that you used to be a trained customer service staff at the running warehouse. So your shoe expertise is very strong. As someone who adores running shoes myself, what kind of recommendation of brands do you give your runners and what are some things people should be looking for when they buy their next pair of shoes? Now, those are great questions because this is something that everybody needs to look at. More than brands, although you can mention them all, as shoes are classified into like everyday shoes. And I'll give you some of those examples of what you're wearing. So the Hoka, the Clifton would be an everyday shoe. The, the, the Brooks Ghost, you're looking at the Nike Pegasus. Uh, if you like New Balance, it's the 880. Um, and then you get a more plus shoe. Usually the price will tell you, if we go back to Brooks, so the Brooks Ghost would be your everyday shoe, and then the Glycerin would be more cushioned. It's all to do with the foam, which is softer and lighter. Um, I see a lot of kids these days love to run in the speed, Saucony speed, because it's like, it's got a plate in it, but that is not a shoe to be running on the trails on. It's got no grip, no outsole or anything like that. So just know, get the shoe for the occasion. The ones we mentioned, the everyday shoes and the plus shoes are for your, your mileage for during the summer. And you're going to find a shoe with an aggressive outsole um, if you're going to be running on the trails. Like the Ghost, just have a look at that outsole. You'll see it's, it's pretty gnarly and uh, it, it grips on anything. One of the questions I get asked the most by parents and runners, especially this time of year, is are track spikes or are spikes going to help my um, times come down, you know, on these races like we do Warpath where it's almost all grass? Are spikes something that 
middle school runners or high school runners should invest in? It depends at what level you're running and really what you're trying to achieve. So if you're running for fun on a high school, you're running JV or you're running open and you're running with your friends, you do not need spikes because you're not running for time. Your elite athletes that are trying to get, say, under 10 in a two-mile um, at middle school level, I suggest maybe you try some spikes just to get those three or four seconds. And certainly for your elite runners on the track in high school and on the cross-country course in high school, they're going to get that little boost. But it, we're not looking at 30 seconds here over three miles. You're looking at that five, six to maybe 10 seconds. So let's rewind you and pretend you're in middle school on the starting line for a two-mile race. What is the shoe that you're wearing? I'm wearing the Brooks Ghost. But then again, I have a sort of a medium to wide foot, so it fits my foot really well. If you have a really narrow, sh- narrow foot, you've got to find a shoe that fits your foot well as, as well. Well, we have this thing called the final five, where we wrap up with some questions that you answer in either a sentence or a word, just kind of succinct answers. So you've been so gen- generous with your time. We'll go into your final five. So here's number one. What book, you've mentioned a couple, but what book do you recommend to your friends most often or what book do you reread significantly? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. All right. And it's all about setting a goal. It's not about making money and how to stick to that goal, how to achieve a goal. That's one of the books that's graced my bookshelf. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. It's a classic. Since you're such a great coach, what is the greatest coaching advice you've ever received? If you're not feeling it, stop, go home. That's really good. How do you define success? If you're having fun running with your friends and you still have a a passion for the sport, you're successful. I love these answers. If you could give one piece of advice to aspiring runners, what would that be? Slow down. You can't win a warm-up. Do everything right. But the words are really, don't count the miles, make the miles count. Amazing quote. I'll have to use that one at our practice. I might steal that. If you were the president, President Greg, and there was one fitness law that everyone had to follow, what would that be? Bring back PE where it is mandatory to actually do some walking or jogging at school. That would be a good one. That's something that gets me fired up. So you've been so generous with your time and hopefully that runners of all ages and sizes are inspired by you. You have this great energy. So I can see why people gravitate towards you. Um, You're going to, what's your race schedule looking like? And if anyone lives in the Forsyth coming area, how did they get involved with Gotta Run Kids? Well, Gotta Run Kids, we have a website, which is gotarunkids.com, and that's G-O-T-T-A. Yeah, we're doing Wingfoot. That's a, a big one, and we're doing the state meet, um, I believe. And this weekend, we're going to be up at Horizon. Okay. I know there's another one up in Gainesville sometime. So we got four more meets um, coming up after this weekend. Anyone we're looking to get, because you do some run coaching, if anyone were to want to get run coaching from you or want their kid to sign up, they just go to Gotta Run Kids and uh, email you that way or contact you that way. That's right. Yeah, that's got my personal email there and also my phone number. Excellent. Again, thank you so much. Is there anything else on your heart or mind that you feel like I didn't ask you, but you want to uh, leave to the listeners? Not really. I think you, you covered it all and I, I love what you're doing. I'm sure people get a lot out of these podcasts. So thank you. As Greg is the light for so many, go be the light for yourself. Go be the light for someone else. Until next week. Mm